Yeah, man. Let's do it. All right. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good Hello. morning. It's Wednesday. Wednesday, the 25th of April, 2022. Um, hope everyone's having fun today. How are you doing, Jack? All good, mate. I thought it sounded like you were going to do some, you know, like those football commentaries and or like some like some guest show. Or, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> That's what I was doing. It's nice, right? Nice. Thanks, man. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was trying to pretend like it was radio, you know. Yeah, like be all serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, everyone. Wednesday, the 22nd of April, 2022. Here we have Richard Hardy and Jack Howarth presenting Drive Time. And up next, the world's ending. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but imagine doing a broad... Ah, that's an interesting thing. Imagine doing a broadcast on the end of the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? That reaction? That reaction was me imagining doing a broadcast at the end of the world, which is like what you just said to do, mate. I'm highly suggestible. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so highly influenced. It's like. It took you right, like I've got a good imagination right as well. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. That's why I keep telling you to be creative. Because I oh, said yeah. it, and you were just like, it's the end of the world. <laughs> like, I, was, I was picturing myself, right, like standing on on some, like, road. You know, you could see, like, the yellow lines and the white lines dashed, painted yeah. across the middle. You know, some guy holding a camera, like, filming me. And behind me, all of the land has just collapsed. Like the oh, earth shit. itself has just fallen in. Like and a it's, hole. Yeah, like a massive sinkhole, but like not just a, a, a small sinkhole, but like the rest of the fucking world has just sunken in. <laughs> and Jesus. I'm like, tr- I'm trying to like maintain my call, report it like a BBC newscaster, like you <laughs> know, in a war zone. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can. I'm trying to think of it as well. I don't think I would be cool. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think I, I think I'd be a mess, man. I really do. I, I think, I think mate, that, I'd be fucking steadfast. I'd be like, I don't care if it it, it sinks and and I fall into it because I'm yeah. I'm getting the res- this report means everything. The BBC <laughs> yeah. means everything. Come yeah. on, <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> That's what people, that's what reporters are like, though. Reporters, some reporters are intense. Like they're very brave. They go into like war zones and stuff. Yeah, you know, know where people are shooting at each other, like just to report the news. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You could get, you know, you could get um, held hostage or like captured by it and and fucking tortured or something, right? It's, uh, and then there's like bombs dropping around. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have intel on the ground and they're gonna be with people that that know how to operate and, and are constantly getting up-to-date intel on on where to go and what to do. But, you know, that doesn't mitigate for all that, all that risk. Like, do you know Chris, yeah, Hedget, Chris Hedges? No. Who's he? Uh, okay. He's a really interesting journalist uh, in, in America at the moment. He's been 
talking uh, about what's going on there. But he came from uh, he came from um, journalism uh, in in like the war in different wars. Like he reported on different wars, and he, he's just he's a cool cool guy. He's really um, I really value what he has to say. You know. I just yeah. I just uh, looked him up and um, I've, I feel like I've seen his face. He's got quite a unique face, this guy. Yeah, he wasn't blessed with the best looks a man could have, was he? Like, <laughs> oh, Jack. <laughs> oh, Jack. Can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I didn't call him an ugly can. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, don't be superficial. I think, I think, <laughs> no, I, I think he looks a bit like um, Robocop, you know, like, um, <laughs> like <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember Robocop in the when he was in the in the suit? Wait, I, I can I, I know what you mean. Where where the like his visors peel back so you can actually see his full face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got yeah. like a metal a metal like <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there is uses for having a good imagination, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just don't get paid for it. That's the only problem. No, you do you do you do get paid for it, you do get paid for it. Sometimes you get um, but he's written a lot of books as well. He, he talks about like the collapse of America. He, ta- he he's like one of the few remaining journalists that exist today. Yeah, death of the liberal class, days of destruction, days of revolt. Yeah, yeah. It's really great when you have like Google in front of you because you can sound super intelligent. Like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I was, I was really, really off, like, really off these books that he's written. Just, just do a whole podcast based off yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, like, yeah, he's written, written loads of books, and I'm like, yeah, death of the liberal class, <laughs> days of destruction, days of revolt. <laughs> I can carry on. The list goes on. <laughs> America, the farewell. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah. Rich, you got to do it in that commentary voice that you were using earlier. Oh, okay, let me try. Let me try. <laughs> oh shit! I, like when I, whenever I have to do something like acting, I always fucking freeze, man. Like, yeah, I, mate, that's fine. You, that's, I'm the same, man. I'm the same. It's like Maybe the other week. Point. Was it? When I sung that song, no, I sung the song on the last podcast, right? That song I wrote about being a fuck up, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay because I'm just a human being, right? It's all right, yeah. Um, the one before that podcast, the podcast before, you you put me on the spot to say to sing that song. And straight away, I was like, wait, wait, this is a bit much. But when I initiated it before, it do, it changes it like when someone asks you to do something and puts you on the spot. It, it's different to when you're bringing it to the table. You're initiating it. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I asked a friend the other day uh, to, um, what did I say? I, I asked her to like claim it or sync, like read me something that she'd written. And when I said it, I felt like I don't, cause I don't like doing that. You know, it's like, it's not like, I'm, it's not like when I say it, I'm like, uh, trying to put pressure on people because I know yeah. it's like, it's, yeah. it's uh, like, it's, uh, I'm just trying to like get like trying to find out more. You know what I mean? It's kind of like an innocent thing, but it's, it's, it, I understand the pressure that it puts on people as well. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, mate, he's got a young wife. He's got a young wife, man. Who old Hedges, Chris Hedges. Yeah. He's, he's done all right, wife. I see. She's all right. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's, um, she seems, she seems, uh, attractive. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, man, mm-hmm. anyone, anyone who doesn't know Chris Hedges, like look him up. I haven't read any of his books, but I've listened to him. He's very, he's a very good speaker, um, a public speaker, presenter, uh, reporter and journalist. So yeah, he's, he's cool. He's worth checking out. So what are we going to talk about today? Just roughly a couple of, a couple of points. Um, all right. So yeah, basically I think what we're going to do this week, um, is we created this structure. We thought about, cause we've had some feedback from various listeners and I think we both feel that it's a good way to go to like, try to uh, break up the podcast to make it more listenable. Um, so what we're going to do is um, we're going to come up with, we've got a section where basically we're going to come up with uh, a few questions to ask each other at the beginning of every week. Now, these questions can be completely spontaneous. They can be based on facts. They can be just like random shit that we wanted to ask each other. Um, but just to kind of get the avenues of creativity flowing get them overflowing yeah. with joy um so yeah so we're going to do that that's a new thing that we're going to be doing every week and we're going to see how that develops and how that goes um then i guess we're going to talk about like the main body of conversation which can can also be organic and it can go in different directions but i think this week we wanted to talk about uh, the over intellectualization of uh human thought is that right, Jack? Yeah, mate. And and you you uh, we're going to talk a bit about that video that I sent you with the link and and I'll feedback on my thoughts on that as well. And yeah, mate. Yeah. So so Jack sent me a video about uh, this thing called sense making, which is I from what from what I observed, it was this idea of like deconstructing, um, deconstructing our society in a way and how it functions and like trying to understand it in a, in a, in a, in a sort of coherent way. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll get into that. Um, and then at the end, we're going to, yeah, at the end, we're going to like review a, um, a movie, um, which is on Netflix at the moment. Uh, it's about two, to a gay couple who had a, a love affair for years and years and years and years. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. Okay. What's it called? Hang on. I'm just set, I'm just looking up the, the, the film it's, it's called a secret love 2020. So that's on Netflix, right? 
Yeah. And also, I've got my story, a short story that I wanted to read out. It'll take a few minutes. All right. Great. We spoke about um, in the week. Uh, you know the book that you were that you were not the book, the YouTube video that you you told me to watch. The the one about um, sense making. Yeah. The long format one is about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I, I watched it, and while I was watching it, I thought to myself, <clears throat> it was weird. It was like, it was, it felt like I knew what he was going to say. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it was, it no, and I don't mean it like I know everything. It wasn't. That's not what I mean. I mean like the information, and I feel like this is very common. I feel like this happens a lot. And I think you probably, this is kind of what you're touching on with the Noam Chomsky book. Um, that it's like, I feel like we know a lot of these things and what, and when we read and, and watch stuff, it's almost like, it's like reaffirming or kind of like joining dots that we already have in our brains. Yeah. So that we under, so that we understand it more, because especially with that YouTube video that I watched, it was like there was nothing that he said that I felt like I didn't know, but there were connections between what he said that I hadn't linked before. Yeah. So, and this is maybe we can talk about this a little bit. It's like, um. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like in the current, I feel like things are quite simple. You know, I think that the issues that are happening at the moment in, in the world and the things that me and you talk about, I think that they're, they're the solution is, is simple on pretty much all of it. But I feel that humans have a tendency to overcomplicate things. Yeah. And I think that I think that this comes from an insecurity of who we are. I don't know if maybe I'm just I'm throwing it out there, right? But <clears throat> for example, like again that guy that on the sense making video, he seemed extremely academically and in, in, intelligent, right? Mm. But I also got a sense that he was over intellectualizing a subject matter. Yeah, yeah. And that alienates people. It does. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I feel that not just with him, but I feel like in general, um, humans have this way of like, for it, like, I mean, the only, the only thing I can really talk about properly is, is the art industry and it's, it's rife in the art industry. When people talk about art, mm. they want to intellectualize it. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's not that intellectual. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like human uh, creativity. Like, let's, let's talk about the art and then I'll relate it to things. Human creativity is very free and very natural and very, um, very organic and very impulsive and spontaneous. How is that intellectual? Yeah. It's completely the opposite. And, and so, and so, so it's kind of ironic and interesting how if you go to a, a gallery or, or you go to a museum or wherever and you have a guide or someone explaining the art to you, they'll have a tendency to like 
to go to talk about like the technique and the era and the time and the the other artists that are around at that moment and like how what he, what he's trying to show when he put that there or that stroke or and the reality is that the painter or the sculptor or the illustrator or whatever it is didn't over intellectualize what he was doing or his process because he was creating which is not not you know not a kind of like overcomplicated exercise you know yeah yeah and and so but but i think that that happens okay people do that they over explain to it's almost like because i think maybe humans are like um we feel that we have to um like our so our brain our our our, our being at the moment seems to be defined by how, how much we push how far we can go and how like the new things that we can discover and how we can kind of like look, look at different ways of, we're innovators basically and i think that it's almost like <laughs> to get credibility or status or to be seen as a successful person in whatever sense it's almost like you have to try to like over intellectualize things and 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 keeping it simple now doesn't seem to work so much. Uh, I, I think that's what it's sort of trying to say, but in a way, no, because I was thinking about something else. And, and like this thing about with sense making and, and the video and the, the book that you just described, you were like, well, you know, you have the introduction and then you have the overview and then you can read a bit more and you understand the general context of the book. Okay. Yeah. And, and it, and it is, he is saying things that maybe you didn't know, but also there's probably a much more simplified way of saying the same thing that doesn't involve a massive book. Yeah. But for it to have credibility, the book needed to be written, no? Yeah, exactly. Well, so to summarize that point, like me saying that media is is controlled because it is owned it by corporate by a few corporations right globally so that means corporate uh corporate decisions control what information we get access to and we we build a we build a perspective we build a picture of reality we we construct a world view based on the feed of information we get and and you could question whether you know are these agencies are some of these corporations going to have an interest in the flow of information well obviously so i've just laid out a simple model of propaganda in 20 seconds which is the heart of that book but he's written he's you know written a whole book on it and there's like several examples uh, so he goes through the concepts and there's several examples of, to evidence base that perspective right real life examples that have happened but mate i wanted to i wanted to explore what you're talking about more about this idea of 
um, over intellectualizing and how you how you tied that up with the creativity and the art in the creative flow artists they they will produce something and as they're producing they don't necessarily have an end goal in sight which is thought through on an intellectual basis uh, and and potentially I'm wondering if you think this is right as well could could that actually be a barrier like overthinking and over intellectualizing that could could be a barrier um, what do you think of, is that true yeah a hundred percent that's my biggest problem I think I think uh, it's it's like um, because when you when you when you start thinking a lot about something, I think it distracts you from the solution. And it's almost like you know, you it's it's like it's it's pretty simple to explain. Like, let's say that you have various options, uh, things that you can do that day. Like, you can go and see a friend, you can go and see your family, you can go to the cinema, you can go to a restaurant, you can go to a bar. If you sit there talking about the options that you have available to you, to a certain extent, you can understand the best option for you on that day. But that's only, you know, there's no need to analyze it too much. And if you begin to analyze it too much, you just get confused and lost. And it feels like you're paralyzed. Whereas if you just like go to one of them and do one of them, at least you're getting it done. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, that's a very loose, um, loose way of describing it. But I think everyone understands what I mean. It's like, it's like, um, I think people are always trying to justify what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that this is what, like, this is what I observed on the sense making video, right? Because I just felt, I just found, um, wait, pause a minute, pause a minute. So just for our listeners, I want to clarify. So I sent Rich a video. Uh, it was, it was, uh, Daniel Schmachtenberger on YouTube. Um, he's been part of the sense making series on the rebel wisdom channel. I highly recommend anyone to give it a go. And what he was talking about was the enemy of sense making, right? So he was talking about the uh, the problems that we face in this broken information ecology, and how and 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 how it's very difficult to make sense of, of what's going on in the world, and some strategies to um, to try to improve our sense making. And um, he also uh, he also talks about the systemic problems. One of the reasons I really like uh, these people is that they they always consider the systemic issues. And I think, like you know, have you noticed how there's so much fucking self help everywhere? It's like we're yeah. surrounded by self help. All these people want to tell you what to do. Like it's just we're shoved so far down our throats. I hope we never get to that, mate. I, I don't wanna. 
I don't want to be a part of that myself. Like, I hope we're never another one of those. Like, no, I, but I think, I think, yeah, of course, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't want to become part of that because I believe people can help themselves. I don't, I don't yeah, think yeah. you need, I don't think you need someone else to tell you what to do. Obviously, no. it, obviously, it helps when you can understand that people can relate to you. That's something different. People relating yeah. to you is completely different. But yeah. to feel like the only way that you can improve your life or, or feel feel more positive about certain things um, is if you listen to someone who appears to be more successful or more happy or whatever, you know, that is uh, a very negative thing to think because like I keep saying, it's like, you know, I, I really believe this. We all have the power inside us to do and think whatever we want, um, you know, yeah, man, within, within, within certain means, within certain means, obviously, but maybe not within certain means. Maybe this is, you know, maybe this is all a fucking joke, and and we can actually fly if we want to, and we just haven't figured it out yet. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but 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 you know, like I I just think that um, uh, that's interesting actually, because people talk about levitating, and that's kind of like flying, isn't it? So, yeah, man. Well, I, I'm not, I don't want to go off topic. I'm just saying we're going off topic when I say, um, you know, I don't want to be like another self-help thing. Yeah, I'm just making yeah. that point, um, but I don't want to go there just yet. Um, let's come back to what you're saying. Where do you want to go? Come on. I want to go back to this idea that this over-intellectualization, because I... I, there's a couple of things I've noticed with such material and it ties into what you're saying. So first of all, um, there's something in what you're saying about the justification for a position in society for a, a level of status and over-intellectualization as a way to deal with the insecurity of of having someone being in that position and maintaining that position, but also from, from the receiving end, like when you, you know, listening to that guy talk, um, it's like what you're saying about how he's, he's, cause he's very smart and sophisticated and he says, he says he's so articulate and, and he's obviously very clever. But you also said that can sometimes be a bit um, of a barrier to people, right? And it's kind of like, um, this is what it made me think of, is when when someone can do that and they can show you that they are a, a, a basically at a higher level, then what happens is you're more likely to... Uh, outsource your own sense making to them and this happens all the time so uh, I'm not saying it's always a bad thing if you if you want to know about chemistry and you've got a professor who studied chemistry for 20 years then you know it's, it's going to be useful to get that guy's opinion on chemistry and you can learn something about chemistry um, 
but it's also tying in with this point about what you're saying, which is that we we can find the answers within ourselves. It's like if we're outsourcing our sense making to people that are claiming by their level of intellect and their ability to navigate this maze called reality, um, we're also being hijacked. As in, yeah, we're, we're, we're no longer agents of our own sense-making, but we're, we're following another person's sense-making and we're following that on the basis that that person's displayed a level of sense-making in a way that they look like they know what they're talking about. So when yeah, I listen yeah. to Daniel Schmachtenberger, I'm like, that guy, he fucking knows it. I'm going to listen to him. So I've already lost some agency because I'm now considering what he says as highly important because he sounds clever, right? But let me let me say something. So the so my 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 opinion on this is. Um, it ties into basically everything that we talk about, I feel, which is like we're, we're giving we give away our power yeah. constantly, yeah. you know, in, in everything that we think. We, we, we look on the outside for validation and for, uh, you know, a way of making sense of things yeah. because we don't trust our, ourselves and our intuition, you know, and our, uh, our you know, that feeling you have inside you when you know something is right or wrong or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, what you're saying is, is definitely, I agree hundred percent, like pretty yeah. much fucking everything that you say, I agree with it. But like, it's like, we're, we're going to, we need to find something we disagree about, bro. Yeah, man. There was, one, there was one thing that you said in the podcast, like two podcasts ago, I think where you were like, we, you were talking about like hunting and food and stuff. And I disagreed with that, but that's like the only thing. Um, anyway, anyway, let's not go there. But like what I wanted to say was that, uh, yeah, this, 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 this idea is, is correct because it's like sense, this idea of sense making, even that sounds over intellectualized. Yeah. yeah. Like sense making, you could say like, isn't that just trying to make sense of something? So why is it called sense making? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like trying to, you, you, and, and I think that what happens is people um, need to understand that their emotions and their situation, their individual reality is completely different from every other person in existence at the moment. And yeah. every other person that has ever existed in the world ever. So for you to look at a video or to look at uh, the Instagram feed or the Facebook feed or the new, the news media and blah, 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 and go like, they know exactly what I should think because they're telling me, you know, that's kind of like kind very short sighted because, because like he kind of tackles it in the video actually a little bit to give uh, old Schmachtenberger a, a little pat on the bum. He, <laughs> He spoke about um, how we need to connect like this idea of like looking at things from the other person's perspective to try to relate to why they feel that way, okay? And to try to connect the dots. 
so that yeah. we can come to a solution to the problem. Okay. And, but, but the thing is that the person, the individual has to have the agency and the belief in themselves and the confidence to say, you know what, I actually don't agree with what you're saying here, or I can't, maybe it's not even about agreeing or disagreeing. Maybe it's just like not being able to relate. And, and because of this, I'm going to try and find something else I relate to. And then after seeing that, I'm going to look for something else. And then after seeing that, I'm going to look for something else. And then after all of those things, then my opinion has been like more widely formed. Yeah. And I, I have more of a right, not more of a right, but more of a, I don't know, just more of an understanding of the bigger picture. But I also feel that with this type of video that we would, that you showed me, there's a certain, a, a certain type of person with a certain type of mindset is going to watch that video. And I think the challenge is to expand from that and to try to, with peace and with like, uh, like, I don't want to sound like cliche, but like with like an open heart almost to try to see things that you disagree with and try to really understand that try to understand why, you know, I think that's a big yeah, part, yeah. big part of life. So yeah, but, but that's, that's my, that was sort of my, my view. So I'm not saying that the video wasn't interesting because it was, um, but I did get a sense of, um, so like, like, I feel we need it to be, I feel we need like with that particular subject and with the, you know, that particular thought, we need it to be more easily relatable because I think what people yeah. who maybe don't understand it so much think is this guy just sounds like a conspiracy theorist because he's over intellectualizing and it's kind of like, you know, you have to be able to tap into the, to the mind that doesn't understand that. Yeah. I get what you're saying. How can, how can they make it relatable to a wider audience? Right. Yeah. Because the average person um, doesn't have conversations like that. No, and the, and the average person doesn't talk like that, right? Yeah, um, and they don't want to. And I understand why. Yeah. You know? Like the thing, like the thing is, for anyone who's listening, I highly recommend you check this out, right? To know, because to know what we're talking about, uh, to, to a greater depth, but also we're touching on this subject without defining what it is and, and going into detail too much on what it is, although you've given a nice overview there on some of the key issues, right? Um, I think what your main criticism of this and you're picking up on this is something that I've picked up on as well, which is coming back to this over-intellectualization. And I think that there's something in a way there's something deeper going on here, which is when in a way getting stuck in your head is, is quite disabling. And as much as I really value what these guys are saying, and I really do value it and I've actually tried to apply it to myself and to my life to, and to keep my perspectives in check, to just be aware of my own biases and and to, to look and explore that and, and try to consider 
other people's perspective that I disagree with. So the main idea there is this idea of noise and signal, right? So um, everyone, this is the understanding that everyone at some level is accessing what you might call reality. They're interfacing with the world, right? So yeah, they're going to, they're going to have a lot of noise, but there's going to be some signal there. So you, your job when you're listening to someone, even if you disagree, you're trying to listen to where there is signal amongst the noise. And so like, if you imagine you're tuning into a radio, do you remember those old radios that you go through the, the, uh, FM spectrum, right? And you get to like white noise in between radios. And when you get to the right station and you get the right frequency, the signal goes really clear. So it's kind of like that, right? Everyone, everyone's like that radio station. A lot of people, myself included, I chat a lot of bullshit. Uh, But amongst the bullshit, there's going to be some, some important things to consider, right? Anyway, man, I don't want to go off on their ideas that it's all there if you're, if you're interested, but criticism here is I think you're right there's something here where you get stuck in your head and you're trying to do this uh, you're trying to live in this in this thinking way and you're trying to think your way out of a problem but actually I think what needs to happen is I, I look at the world now and I, I, I see it everywhere as part of the disease that we're all we're all thinking too much and with it's like what you were saying before about how we're trying to control everything and i think that's part of the problem like i look at the the world now and there's loads of people there's loads of people that agents agents that are thinking that they know what to do and they're going to do it and they're going to help and that's where we're at now i mean look at look at it so maybe, I mean, I think there is something useful to be had with that sense-making pr- process. But I think we need to also explore our roots, explore ancestral knowledge, explore a way of being, a way of integrating other types of knowing. Like you said, in our body and in our gut, there's other intelligences that we, we can tap into. Uh, so when you gave that example... Of someone choosing what to do in their day, you know, they don't write out a thought process map. They think a little bit, but ultimately they're they're gonna they're t- tapping into their gut and they're going with the flow of life. And it's like um, that directs them a lot more. They don't individually weigh up the pros and cons of each decision and put it on a thought process map, um, mate. Just before I finish, because I've chatted for ages, I'll let you talk for a bit. Right, last last podcast or the one before, I explained how like, and we've talked about we don't know anything, and we can't, you know, we can't know, um, you know, we can question everything we know, and this is about this is what for me what's important about the sense making is to realize and have the understanding of our limited capacity to deal with a complex world. So I wrote down a rational process trial. So I did basically a thought map and I put the topic of gay marriage. Okay, so now this is my own 
process. I haven't stole this off the sense making process or I haven't looked at a model online. I just thought, what would it be like to take take a take a topic and actually undergo a rational analysis to come to a, a good perspective, like a meta perspective. So comparing all the different views. And this is this is what I, I've come up with. So question one. First, I need to know what my bias is, right? So where? So what? Oh, sorry. I'll start again. I, I'm. I'm. I feel like I need to rush through this because it's like potentially really boring. <laughs> no, but um, I'm just. I'm just trying to make a point about like I made a point in a pro- the previous podcast about how. I've never done an exhaustive rational process on anything. And what I'm saying is no one else has either. Nobody has. Like we think we're like really rational, but we don't we're not like that at all. Explain the explain the list and the process and then talk about it afterwards because I sort of don't understand. So I think I need to hear the list before it so to understand it. Okay, you'll understand it. So the topic is gay marriage, right? So I'm trying to take a rational perspective on this. So question one is, what is my bias, right? So what's my original position? How do I feel about gay marriage now? I chose gay marriage because it's like, it's for me, it's not one that I'm particularly emotive about or like I don't feel too strongly about. If you f- pick something you feel really strongly about, that's already going to be difficult, right? So what's my original position? How do I feel about gay marriage first? I need to outline that to know that that's not going to interfere with my process, right? So question two, what are all the possible positions on this topic? So what is, if you asked 100 people, you got a sample, and from that sample, you could find every available perspective on gay marriage. So one of them might be like, oh, it's it's a sin, you know, uh, the Bible says this. Or one of them might be, yeah, it's fine. Uh, people should be able to get married. You know, like all the different positions that are available in society, right? Mm-hmm. Question yeah, three, for every position available, what evidence is there to support each position? And what are the, what's the evidence that goes against each position? Question four, how do I make an empirical or value assessment to effectively weigh up and compare the evidence? So if you've got if you've got different types of evidence supporting or arguing against each position, how do you compare them against each other to met, met like metrically? How do you find a way to value one over another, right? Question five. What meta values can be observed? What common themes? So, for example, out of all those different perspectives, there might be one common thing, which is people's rights or people's freedoms. There might be a common theme among every perspective. Uh, Question six. Can I identify any third-party agencies that have an interest in the outcome of my thinking? Right? If I work at a company... And this company um, forbids people to who are homosexual to be employed. Is that going to affect my ability to think through this process? Right. Question seven. 
if I if I identified how do I compensate accordingly with the empirical value mate I'm to be honest I'm bored already but <laughs> right I my, po <laughs> yeah, no, man, my point listen, is listen. my point is this right we think we're rational right and we think everything through and we come to these logical conclusions and I've just outlined a basic fucking map on a basic topic to get you to try to do that. And that itself is so complicated. How complicated is that just to do that? No, well, I mean, this is, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, my, my, what I, what I, from listening to that, what I feel is the, um, that is, exactly what we're talking about right over intellectualized yeah. yeah and that's what we're expected to do in society today to be fair to everyone and to come up with a, a, a solution or, or or behave in a way that satisfies every single person and so no one is offended you know, well, no, it's what? not. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's 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 a process that you need to go through if you want to get to the truth of something or a way of making sense of something. It's not about pleasing someone, or it's just an. No, I, I don't mean. I don't mean. I don't mean that specific thing is about you're doing it to please people. But I think that that is what people want. Yeah. To, yeah. For everyone to be satisfied. So, for yeah. example. That process that you just described there is basically what everyone is expected to do to come to uh, this rational way of thinking about all of these issues that are uh, prominent at the moment. And I just don't think it's viable. It's, my, it's just, firstly, I don't think it's viable. Secondly, I feel like it's a bit of a waste of time. I think we need, I, I think we need to be, because if you're going to do that about one thing, you need to do it about everything. And then, and then that, that just, you know, what, what me, you're going to do it about one thing, then what means, what, what, what's the criteria for not doing it about something? And then you could do the same thing about why you're not doing it about something. It's like a never ending. This is, that's what I'm saying. Like life is just a never ending way of like thinking and like deconstructing and analyzing. And I feel like that's a waste of time. I feel like we need to get past that type of thing. You know, I think, I think, it, I think it makes, my opinion, this is just my opinion, like, I think that um, it's about, you know, like, if, if you were going to do that with all of your decision making, okay, the reason you were doing that is so that you would feel that you were making the right decision uh, so that either people can't get angry or people can't question you or that you feel that you have the right answer to a question okay all right right wait slow down slow down slow down but i get what you're saying like on an individual person by person basis we don't have the time to go through this to live up yeah. to go through this to make decisions and to live our lives in this way but as a collective if we're faced with challenges such as uh, environmental destruction, um, uh, the s global warming, um, warfare, and if if there's a way that uh, we could 
have some sort of sense-making platform to to get a picture of what was reality because where we're at right now we can't even agree on anything right so we can't agree like if i if if i wanted to know about global warming i'd have to do that that um process i've just gone through on steroids right and i haven't got the time and i don't have the capacity right to 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 go through all the science to to know if the researchers were employed by someone who um does or doesn't work for an oil company or or is part of some united nations whatever um but the point is if i don't do that then um or if there's no not individually but if there's no collective mechanism by doing that then we could all just be getting hijacked right so we are yeah we are yeah so that is that's as hard as and difficult and as frustrating as that would be without a collective platform to do that we can't make sense of anything in the world but my point is that i i understand what you're saying but everyone has a different perspective so that the questions for example that you just listed i understand yeah. it and yeah, i yeah. get i get why i get how you've come up with those questions for the for the exercise however other people will have a different set of questions or other people will feel like you shouldn't add some questions to that list for whatever reason and that's why life is complicated because everyone has a different perspective. And if even if you decided to go like, you, you managed to come up with a set of questions that everyone agreed with, and it could become like an official way of like uh, organizing problems, for example, there would be, there eventually, maybe not at the beginning, but eventually there would be a new way of thinking that, that, that sort of didn't agree with that sense-making process. And then again, it's the same situation where we're all fighting for power. That's what yeah. I mean. It's like, there's always going to be, uh, I understand the idea, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But, but let's say that you said, uh, to me that you listed the same thing about gay marriage, right? Let's say, um, that I decide, I, I said to you, well, I mean, because when you actually mentioned the first, the, when you said it the first time, Okay, my process for figuring out this, for thinking about gay marriage, and I hope no one gets angry with me because I don't mean it in an offensive way. But marriage is a religious ceremony, okay? Mm. And it's a Christian ceremony, isn't it? Yeah, basically, a lot of it. No? It's not just yeah, Christian. Yeah, I think, yeah, originally, or it's come from, well, I don't fucking know, to be honest. But yeah, yeah guessing, traditionally Christian. I'm going to Google it. It's traditionally religious in 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 our in Western society and come from the Christian background, yeah, like the Christian churches and that. But you know, All right, the first, now you can the get first, the first the first recorded evidence of marriage uh, dated back to two thousand three hundred and fifty before Christ. Um, marriage evolved into a widespread institution embraced by Hebrews, Greeks, and Romans. Okay. Mesopotamia, 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 yeah, that's where it was recorded, 
okay and um so anyway that's 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 the idea of it right it's a religious ceremony okay but within religion uh homosexuality is frowned upon mm. right yeah now i don't agree with that obviously i don't agree with that but that's what that is, that is a fact okay so i don't get why people would want to have why people would want to get married which is a religious ceremony when 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 the religion itself is condemning gay marriage to yeah me, i see yeah. i see your point man maybe me, more recently it would have no, yeah. I think more recently people would have wanted to not necessarily, I don't know, some people who are religious might want it to be seen in the eyes of God, but it's also the the sort of um, just having it uh, validated in, in law as well. Uh, as yeah, a, that's, as a, that's, a civil, that's a civil partnership, isn't it? So mar marriage is different to like a religious marriage ceremony is different. To, to civil partnership. I understand. Okay, so so now, now, right? You are stuck on question two. What are all the possible positions on this topic? Yeah. Because you don't understand why someone would want to do that, right? So you're limited. So now your capacity to make sense in the fullest way of why of of this uh gay marriage is limited and it, i'm not saying that the reason i'm highlighting this example is just to demonstrate to us to you to myself and to other people listening that when we think we rationally look at the world we fucking don't and yeah. we're so we're so biased and we're so stuck in um conditioning and I'm not trying to. I'm not saying that we all need to do this. I'm not saying that's. I, I agree. That's highly unrealistic. I do think there is an argument for some sense-making mechanisms because at the moment, like mm. we can't. You know, we can't make sense. If there is a threat to humanity's survival, we need to act in accordance to that threat. And if we can't even yeah. make sense of that, then we have no chance. We'll get wiped out. So there is an argument for that. But um, I'm interested wait, 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 in what, what you're wait, saying. One second. I want to clarify something. I just want to clarify something. I, I don't care if people want to get married or not. I just want to say that. Like, I don't care about that. What I'm trying to say is that just because I don't understand it, okay, doesn't mean that I don't accept it. Okay, because I think this is this is a this is a this You is wouldn't give a shit if two gay guys got married. You no, give happy, a happy. I'm happy for them. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm happy. I would no, be happy. I know. And this is this is the main and I'm not trying to go like, oh I'm happy I'm not homophobic. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> I'm trying to say that this is the problem. Like people could hear what I said and get offended just because I don't get it, okay? But I have my reasons for not understanding it, just like they have their reasons for wanting to do it. And that doesn't mean that I am wrong or they are wrong. 
Well, that doesn't mean that I don't accept it or they don't accept me or anything like that. that well, yeah, but wait, Rich, Rich, if I right now, if I um, handed my microphone to a gay guy and, and said to him, you to explain why he'd want to get married in, in a religious yeah. sense, you'd fucking listen, wouldn't you? And you'd want to find out why. Of course. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's but this is this is the world we live in. I'm like it's it's interesting that this has come up again because like it's it just the 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 sense making process is a lot or the thing you're describing is a logical way of trying to uh get to the truth, I guess. And yeah. and I mean like the, the truth is whatever the person feels the truth is, whatever the individual feels. And yeah, it's basically yeah. about like guiding people towards one or the, one reason or another. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like trying to guide people to one truth when there's another truth that will change in 50 yeah. years, 100 years or whatever. So Here's another way of looking at it. It's a hyper-rationalist perspective and ultimately with the level of complexity and the amount of data required um the f and as we continue on in our as humans develop in and progress technologically in so many ways that level of complexity is just going to increase exponentially and therefore the only way to do that properly would be computationally and that's to me i share this concern that i think you also have which is which is the foundation of what you said at the start, which is over-intellectualizing, which is coming away from this other way of knowing, which is deeper in your human body and is, is in your heart and is in your gut. And like going back to, do you remember last, in the last podcast, we talked about the shamans and how they figured out somehow with the guidance of spirits to take uh, two different plant species from a quarter of a million in the Amazon and make a psychedelic substance, right? So to me, that's evidence. There's another, there's another way of being, there's another type of knowing. And I think we, we, with facing this complexity, we need to tap back into there and go back to the roots and our, and our spiritual ancestors and nature and tap back into that stuff to, to actually help the problem and, and overthinking, like you were saying, that's over-intellectualizing. I think that's part of the sickness of society. I think when I look at the world now, it's like that saying, the, 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 the way to hell is paved with good intentions. I look at the world now and it's full of these people that are thinking they're going to make their mark and do their best and do the right thing. And like, it's a bit fucking messy, you know. <laughs> but but then but then how but then okay. So I was thinking about this earlier, um, like because we talked previously about how everything's very surface, you know, and how people uh, don't want to connect, you know, on a human level or whatever. Um, mm. And like you know what we strive for at the moment is very superficial, and you know we're told that this is the, you know to to attain. Uh, material wealth is the way to go. Yeah, um, and that—that's not overthinking, is it? That's—that's that's doing. I know they're different things, but that's doing what people expect of you. 
Yeah. Right. And so, so you're, you're not actually thinking yourself by yourself. Um, and if, and I guess that what I'm trying to say is that if people were in, over intellectualizing, that wouldn't be the, the, the way that the world is. Do you know what I mean? Like we wouldn't like these people that talk on these YouTube videos, for example, that we're talking about or, or these highly intelligent people that are very, that, you know, studied all kinds of stuff. They don't, I'm sure they don't live a life like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, but, but I think we're talking about a group of people that set the standard for another group of people. Okay. But there are various groups. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I don't think there's one group that is controlling the way that everyone thinks. It's like, for example, you're, let's say you're a 16 year old girl who's worried about her physical appearance. Yeah. You're, your idol or your person who's setting your standard is probably an Instagram model who's very focused on her physical appearance. And she, and that 16 year old girl probably doesn't pay so much attention to these people that are over intellectualizing. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So we're, we're in these little bubbles, like these yeah. echo chambers or we're, I liked your point earlier about how, you know, we're all in our own little reality. And, and, and that's like, to me, when, if there's what, eight billion, seven billion people on the planet, it's almost like there's seven billion universes because everyone's information feed is different. So like I talk to someone, if I go and see someone in town now and I have a conversation with them about whatever's going on right now in the world, I might as well be talking to someone on a different planet because I've, I'm listening to stuff that they're not listening to. So our perspectives are so completely different, you know, and then you've got all the cultural, all the different conditioning, all the trauma, all of that stuff added in. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, so the, the point I understand, basically the point that, I understand your point and I know why you, why you're doing it, but I guess that it's, um, I was talking to someone friend this week and they were saying something, we were talking about the, the presidential debate. Oh yeah. Uh, and we were talking about, like there, there there's always going to be like a different view, man. Like, like I, I watched the presidential debate. And my, right. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me begin. The reason I'm interested in politics. Okay. Isn't because I'm super interested in what the politicians, uh, what their, what their manifesto is or what their agenda is or what their, whatever. The reason I'm into watching this stuff or listening or reading about it is because I'm really interested in how the information gets processed and relayed to society as a whole yeah. because because i believe that there's a in in general not just with politics in general like in terms of uh you know what you how you live 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 your life in general it's kind of like this um <clears throat> that people are detached from what's really happening yeah and i think that this is really well uh summed up in politics so i watched i watched this debate and obviously it was a mess, you know, it's complete, completely, 
um, embarrassing, I think would be the word, you know, like <clears throat> there was so much ego and so much um, a lack of control, um, a real lack of substance, lies. I didn't find it, I didn't, I didn't find it depressing. I found it like, I found it interesting that we are still talking about that. We are still talking about those two men and we're still talking about uh, the, the two sides, the Republican and the, and the Democrats. Right, so and, these are supposedly, these are supposed to be the best possible two candidates to leave the biggest empire that the human race possibly ever witnessed that uh, it, that we have in power in the world in the world stage right now, and they're they're a bunch of fucking clowns, right? <laughs> yeah, but they all are. This is this is my point. They're, they all are. Man. They all are. It's, it's like what what I'm trying to get to is like yeah, they're just as you you quoted Biden then. Biden called Trump a clown. Oh really? Uh, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> I didn't he, he watch said, it, man. Yeah, you should watch it. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's it's like um, it's. I mean, it's entertaining how ridiculous everything has become, and it's like watching a satire. It's like watching a fucking comedic satire, and it's like watching like you know, it's like watching a scene from like uh, an Orwell book. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous. It's like. Oh. And, and the thing I find, the thing I find Dude, maybe, we should, maybe we should just nuke each other, nuke ourselves, like get the human race out of the way, let the fucking cockroaches start evolving into like super cockroaches, <laughs> that, like human yeah, size. They'll, start, yeah, they'll, they'll just be like eight. us on their computers with their little cockroach hands, like online gaming. It's fucking ridiculous. No, but I want to, like the point of what I'm trying to say is that like to me it seems so obvious that these these people should be ignored. You know, it's like it's not even about like discussing their policies or discussing their personality traits or discussing like who's going to win. It should just be like literally like one person takes a look at that and goes, "This is not working. This is not right. What is happening is not right. This yeah. is not a case of." Him versus him, him versus her, her versus her, black versus white, white versus Indian, Indian versus Chinese. No, whatever the fuck, you know, it's not going to work. It's right. Obvious. Right now, you just sound like a shitter version of Chris Hedges, mate. Yeah, that's why I am. That's why I am. That's why I am. Give me a few more years. Give me thirty years' experience. And, uh, and, uh, and a horrific accident where I become Robocop and I'll be just I'll, like him. I, I want to be around when when massive cockroaches are ruling the world. Yeah, I do as well. Shake I hands with them. I might start cultivating them and like training them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in a little like, cockroach gym. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll like put them in a little box and like, uh, like put, a, I don't know, paint a scenery or something and then start talking to them. And maybe in five years they'll become like super smart. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what Tests with little bricks and when they fail, they get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
No, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where to go from that. But like, but this is why the the point of what I'm trying to say is like, how can we like? It's not about those two, but even people that are attached to those people, even the party that they represent, even like, let's say that you're a per like you're me, right? I'm me, and I'm I'm working for the Republican Party, right? And I've made a choice to work for that party or the Democrats or whatever. And I'm going on the news and I'm talking about what they're talking about and all of that type of stuff. And I'm like, seriously, like, it's just stupid. It's not right. And even if you're yeah. one of these younger politicians who, can, who goes like, well, I'm, I'm working for the Democrats and I'm, I'm, I believe in this and I believe in that. and da, 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 da. You're attached to something that is just completely toxic and it's not doing anything good for the world or humanity or anything. It's about profit. And it's just about power. Like, I think that we need to just like wake up a bit and and stop like believing the hype. You know, stop believing all of this stuff about Trump is the reason for all of our problems. Come on, wake the fuck up, everyone. Wake the fuck up. Trump is not the reason for all of our problems, right? Trump is a one is one overweight billionaire man who grew up privileged for the whole of his life how did he cause the world's problems how did he do that wake the fuck up of course he didn't he's in a position of power because he used his leverage to get himself into that position because he's an egomaniac okay but there were many many people along the way that allowed him to get into that position because him having power would directly benefit them having power. Them having power would directly benefit other people having power. And so the chain goes along. How do you think the senile Biden got into that position? The same fucking way. The same way. Yeah. All, all of these lawmakers, all of these people that are going around talking about this type of stuff, they all do it for the same reasons because they love a bit of power, right? Yeah. And and you and people can go well. They want change, and they want da, 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 da. this system has not worked for so many years. You know, I, you know, it's it's like I don't want to rant about politics, but you know, mate, it's like mate, I'm gonna steal man your your point, right? I'd, I'm gonna argue that the system as it stands has is the is the has the opposite effect of creating change. It's in fact yeah. to maintain the status quo. So this exactly. two-party system, the same thing we have in the UK, this two-party duopoly, um, I mean, it's, you know, I, I guess you could argue it's a bit different because there are fringe parties in the UK that are more successful. But, um, <clears throat> you know, in the, the you said Trump and Biden, right? Whichever one you vote for, it doesn't fucking matter because they're both tied with the corporate oligarchy. Right. And this is, you know, that's why I joked saying you're a shit version of Chris Hedges, because everything you're saying as the, with all these criticisms of how this, this operating system is functioning, uh, he, he, he pulls that whole thing to pieces um, like an expert, you know, and I, I feel your frustration, mate. I feel your frustration. I want to come back with a message and bring it back to a place of hope because like earlier on, you were saying like how the solution is simple. And I'm wondering if 
this idea of over-intellectualization, right? How does this tie in? So what if when we're looking at this pro- these problems and people are looking at this system and this duopoly, these two parties, and they they know that what you're saying, they know it's bullshit, right? And they can see that, but they, for whatever reason, they feel powerless, they feel hopeless, they don't know any other way. What if this part of the problem is thinking that it is really uh, difficult to figure out this over-intellectualization, you know? What if that's an inbuilt mechanism that we have? Like, we look at the world and it's like, oh my God, there's all this complexity and what if this and what if that? What if that itself is part of the mechanism that prevents the change? Like, if we're all thinking this is simple, like, and we're all empowered and we're all in touch with our own sense of being and knowing on another level which doesn't require like a third party or authority or someone in a position who knows more on this subject to tell us how to do it yeah don't you think and and we and we believe the solution was simple and was in within reach we wouldn't fucking stand for it would we no no for sure it's it's um I mean, I feel like it's kind of heading that way anyway. And I think that something, my opinion is that something is, is coming. And I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, like a skeptic or any, anything, but I do believe that. I think that the thing I don't like is that I believe something is coming, but I feel that we're not equipped to deal with it. And I think that the people that are actually rebelling at the moment have the wrong idea. I think there's a lot of violence involved with what's happening and, and people are being, the people that are actually rebelling are people that are being controlled by uh, media, media rhetoric, you know? And yeah. I think that this is bigger than what's happening right now, you know? This, and all of these people that are protesting are protesting about things that have happened very recently. And... You know, like I said, I said to you on the phone uh, earlier this week, man, like, I remember having this feeling when I was, you know, when I lived in the UK, I remember having this feeling when I was 15 years old, you know, about like being lied to about something was wrong. The messages that we're being given as a society just don't seem to fit um, mm. the, the, the working class uh, person or the average Joe never seems to come out with anything really to gain, like anything, you know, the standard of living for, for people doesn't ever seem to improve, even though the richer seem to get a lot richer. Not, I don't mind rich people getting richer, right? It's not about like, oh, I don't want rich people to get richer. It's, it seems to be like they're super rich and they have all of the benefits going for them. And obviously that's yeah, because yeah. using their leverage, which is money, to, to make it that way. But if you're a government, you should be looking after everyone. That's the point. You shouldn't be looking after the elite. And so, and so that's, that's like what doesn't make sense in, in, all, in all systems and in all societies. It doesn't make sense. Now, again, I'm not talking about communism or anything like that. Hey, that's, what, that's the problem, though, isn't it? Is when you, when you tackle the unsustainability of inequality like at the levels that they're at now, which is ridiculous, suddenly 
people start calling you a Marxist or something. And that, but there's a massive difference between like someone who's get, getting paid to be a doctor versus someone who's getting paid to like uh, do something else and comparing the skill level and competence and efficiency required and how difficult and how pleasurable or rewarding or meaningful the work should be. Because personally, I think if you're a toilet cleaner, you should be getting a good salary. There's a difference between that, saying that they should all be the same, than saying there's a problem when you could fit the people on one bus that have half the world's help, uh, wealth and have half the world's power. That's a big difference. Do you, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, of course. So of course. carry on. Sorry. Uh... <clears throat> no, I, I just, uh, I mean, like, I just, I just feel that, um, the, 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 this is, this is a, a big, a big time. I think, I think we're living through, um, a big shift. In, 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 in thinking. And I think, take, I think this is going to take a long time. I don't think this is going to be over in the next year or two years or three years. I think it's like yeah. a gradual change that will happen maybe, I don't know exactly how long. It could take my whole lifetime. But I think that I feel that the age of technology has changed so much. And I know that we had this discussion before about how technology, you know, we're, we're losing our autonomy and all of that type of stuff. But I feel like, I feel like that, I don't feel like it's inevitable that that will happen. I know some people do, but I don't feel that it's inevitable because I do feel like there's sufficient time for humans to wake up and to understand that we all collectively have a lot of power. And I, and I also think that what we're discussing is um, something that can change very fast. Like, let's yeah. say, like, look, at, look at what happened like uh, four or five months ago. Something happened so quickly where people just all of a sudden had enough. And it was a fucking nightmare. You know, it's chaos. It was chaos. And that was nothing compared to what could potentially happen. You yeah. know, and... And so think about how fast that happened. Like, and that was, um, you know, obviously it was a terrible thing that happened, but that was not direct, directly related to anyone's life except for uh, his family and, you know, his friends. But if something, if something happened on that scale that affected all of us personally, like, think about that. that the, the, this, this idea would fall instantly. Wait, what are you talking about? I'm, well, I'm talking about like the whole race thing and, and people protesting and, oh, okay. yeah, and, people, yeah. and people having an off. And then, and then now I'm saying like, let's say that this happened, but like it was about everyone, you know, uh, yeah. and about, not, it wasn't just about race. It was about like our very essence of living and how we live, you know, I think it could fall apart very quickly. Dude, um, it's a strategic uh, tactic to outlet in controlled way aggression from a population. I was thinking when you were saying that, like, do you remember the the Roman gladiators and how and how they Russian used pro. to 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now, now you've got all this frustration uh, because of generated the the generator function stealing terminology from the sense making series is from the system, right? For example, the levels of inequality and wealth and power is disenfranchised people that have that uh, have been rejected or outcast from the system and, and can't improve their quality of life. In fact, it's gone going down from their parents' quality of life. And um, so one way to maintain some stability or equilibrium is to let off a bit of that steam, you know? So... Yeah. You can so that actually makes sense from from the standpoint of the status quo and people the agencies that are trying to maintain the status quo uh, and also to direct it at something which has nothing to do with them for example race relations right so when people are people are writing about that one that that aggression is now being transferred into something that has nothing to do with the generator function. It has nothing to do with the problem. It has nothing to do with the original source of their frustration. So it's like, uh, it's a controlled outlet of aggression. And then it's, you know, so it's it, and it, a, a way to, like, if you had a bunch of prisoners and they're all riled up, you know, you could find a way to like get two of them to have a fight in the canteen and they let off some steam. And then after that, like it calms them all down a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. And and I think that this, I've noticed that it's calmed down. Yeah. It's calmed yeah, down. Yeah, there you and, go. And, 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 and I think that that's not, you know, that's, and I, we, I don't, don't, I don't, we don't need police. We don't need police when we're going to have fucking um, AI, uh, you know, with the internet of things. Like every time you go into a shop, there's a CCTV watching you and you've got it. your identification chip or your ID tag is linked to your bank account. So if you fuck about, I mean, you know, there's a social control system in China, right? Uh, yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I just find it interesting now. There's all this like defund the police, and you know, in not it's in not a very in the near future we won't need the police, not in the same way we do now. Like there won't be patrols and stuff. It'll be like, you know, you you rob something out the shop and you're on, you know, your it's linked to your identity, and um, you know your salary that's also linked to your identity. Uh, and then that's linked to your bank account. You you don't get paid, you know. So there's going to be other ways of enforcing enforcing behaviour that won't require police policing. I need. I think we should change direction. Go into something light because I just I'm aware that you know we're talking about some challenging stuff as well. And we're yeah. at some some big ideas and covering a lot of ground. So let's just slow down, wind wind that dial back a little bit. Uh, 
mate, chuck, chuck some fucking questions at me, bruh. <laughs> All right. I was looking at my little toe. I thought about this while we were doing the podcast. I was looking at my little toe. And I noticed... Yes, I would suck on it. Yeah, all right. I noticed how nice, I noticed how nice it was. And I Put it in my mouth. Would Jack suck it? <laughs> we should have started the podcast on toe sucking, man. Listeners would have stayed with us instead of you going on a fucking rant about Trump. Yeah, man. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no one's listening to this bit. Wait, listen, listen. I just thought of another question. So, what oh. if you had to suck a toe? <laughs> which one? Which one would you go for, and why? Well, it would depend on the foot and the toes. Some some people's feet, like they have certain toes that look way more mangled than others. You know. So I choose yeah, okay. I choose the less mangled toe on that foot on said foot. All right. Well, I'm going to say like... mine. <laughs> what what toe would you suck on that foot, mate? That the one next to your big toe. Ooh! <laughs> I didn't see any like sock fluff. I, like if I was actually there in person, I could give it a closer inspection. Oh, inspect those toes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, anyway, that was, that was one question. I've always wanted to know that. Show me your toes. Yeah. Show, show me your feet. Mm. <laughs> so, I, wait, I, I, I got a finger questions for you, yeah, as well. Yeah. Sucking toes is one of those things that I think people are, I think most people have probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? In, in, in the bedroom, in the bedroom, most couples <laughs> I'm sure have like at some stage done that. You know, whether it's during intercourse. Hey, people or, do all sorts of fucking shit, man. Anything you could think of, someone's done it. No, not someone. Like loads of people have done it. Fucking anything. Yeah. Could be with a pineapple. My voice broke. (laughs) (laughs) Could be with a book. Could be with anything, man. Whatever. Just, you know. A book. A a midget. What do you do with a book other than stick it up your bum? What do you do with it? Beat someone over the head with it whilst you're fucking (laughs) them. Intellectual, you're over intellectualizing them, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. I've done a, I've done a rational process map. I checked out all the different available, available perspectives of what you could do with a book. I had a really brutal image just appear in my head, like it was really intense. But anyway. Yeah, mate. Um, well, anyway, okay. Uh, you got any? So you you want to go? You want to do the next one? All I could think of so far is: Would you rather a coffee or a tea? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Now I'll come up with something better. I just need just give me like some time. <laughs> 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 
Do you like coffee or tea? You, if you had the choice of a fruit bowl, which fruit would you choose? <laughs> I remember when I was younger, right? I asked someone, I, w- I went on a date and uh, there was an awkward um, moment, mm. you know, because it wasn't going so well. And uh, I asked them what their favorite color was, but I was joking, right? It was a joke yeah. to break the ice. And they didn't understand it. And I had to explain that it was a joke. And it was like, do you know what I mean? Like when you explain <laughs> jokes all the time is bad. That well, no, it's like, not bad. That was like the not... last nail in the coffin of the, ju- of the yeah. day, yeah? So what's your favourite colour? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they answer T, then it's like, sorry, we can't, we can't be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Banana? What? Or if, or if they come up with this, or if this is the answer. Well, it depends. If it's if it's morning English tea, and if it's the afternoon, <laughs> I like it with coffee. If nah, that's mate, the answer, there's something wrong with it. Mate, if you want to, uh, if you want to really get to know someone, you have to ask them how they eat an Oreo, right? That's the and ultimate. Is it? Yeah, ultimate psychological profiling test. How do you how eat do you an mean- Oreo? How do you eat it? Just fucking know. eat it, mate. <laughs> Just munch it. Yeah, I don't like take off one of the biscuit bits and then lick out the inside. I like it all. <laughs> mate, I was being sarcastic. I hope you realise that because otherwise we can't be friends. No, I know, but I mean, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was genuinely curious. I was genuinely curious. I thought to myself, no, because I thought I do it. And I, I take a little bite. I take a little bite. The first bite is little. Yeah. Because I don't want to eat the whole thing at once. But what I do, I think, is I eat, the li- I eat a little bite, take a little nibble, and then I realize that it's nice, and I put the whole thing in my mouth after that. Yeah. Mate, I'm For just thinking people- of your toe again right now. <laughs> Taking a little nibble. And then working oh, my way around the whole thing. <laughs> getting tingles, I'm getting, mate, I'm getting tingles. So weird. Um, no, anyway, um, yeah. Right, I think of a question for you. Um, I still haven't thought. Of it. What would what if you, what do you take if you're you're gonna go to live on a desert island? You can take three things. You can take three things. That's a that's a classic question, isn't that, to ask someone? Yeah, it's all right though. It's good. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Oh man, I think I firstly take um, ten, nine. Now nah, I'm joking. Right. I'm joking. <laughs> no, no. You know what? It's interesting that you say that. I take I take my phone. I take my phone so I could get the fuck out there. Uh, I take my. I'd take my, this is just the first thing that's coming into my head. Take my phone, I'd take, I'd probably take like a pen and yeah. uh, some paper. No food. I wouldn't take any food. Why, why a pen and a paper? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'd take... I take a phone, a pen, and paper, and then I just die of starvation. 
No, I think I think uh, I think. No, the, but you ring you ring up Domino's, don't you? So it's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> Or no, I could just get them to come and pick me up and then there's food on the plane on the way back. No, I, I think, think that um, I would take pen and paper because I think it would be a good way to, a good time to think, you know, like and write and, and, and draw and stuff. You know? Okay. What else am I going to do? I'm on a desert island. I mean, I can, I can like, I can like sit on the beach for a while, but that's only going to be fun for a few hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'll yeah. explore as well, but like I'm not going to spend all of my time exploring, and I can sleep and I'll eat and there's going to be berries and stuff that I can nibble on. Dude, I'm just <laughs> think, I'm just thinking like from the perspective of listeners, like what are we learning right now? I need to come up with a better question. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry about that. This is just conversation. And and like I think that <laughs> if I wasn't exploring and eating berries and all of that and sleeping and lying on the beach, I think I'd just be looking on the internet. On your phone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Day one of the desert island. <laughs> This is your journal. Went on yeah, chat about it. What did a pizza? <laughs> Settle in for a nice session on chatterbait tonight. And, <laughs> and look at the net, look at the new political news. I'll start looking at what's going on with the election. With Trump yeah. and Biden when I'm on the desert island and Mate, you'd find you'd find the simple solution except You'd be stuck on an island. You wouldn't be able to tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be stuck with you until when you, whilst you die slowly. How how many people do you think have been stuck on a desert island? Tom Hanks, yeah. one, isn't it? That's it. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. I haven't seen yeah, that film for a long time. Castaway. Yeah, it's a good movie. No, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I think that would be a really scary experience. Isn't that funny that you see you you associate being stuck on a desert island as like a scary experience where you need to find a way of getting back? But then it's also a place where people go on holiday. It's like yeah. seen as like the ideal getaway. It's like a bit of a contradiction. Yeah. So you want you want to or like this idea of finding yourself away from other people but then when you can't be when you can't be around anyone that's frightening right you lose yourself don't you because like i can only know myself when i chat to you or chat to some other people right i i I was wondering about it i was wondering because this quarantine's been a bit like that for me you know i can connect with people because of the internet but I don't think you go crazy. I think you just become different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could, I, I you could become crazy. Like, because, yeah. you know, uh, social isolation is like a form of torture, isn't it? And it's one of the one of the worst ones. I don't know, mate. I, I, I've been thinking about, like, people that have had to be stuck in the same house with their family. And I think that that would be torture. Yeah, fuck yeah. 
like I, I think about my apartment <clears throat> and like like how I felt being alone and stuff here and and I can imagine like having like two or three other people in the same space all the time yeah my god that would be hard do you know what I mean yeah man yeah well they've tortured people using socialized isolation like in prisons and that when when they're fucking about they put them in isolation don't they uh, and and in torture camps it's, i'm sure i've come across something that said it was like um a strategy from i don't know cia or whatever it's like the, one of the most effective strategies of mm. torture like as effective or more effective than like fucking waterboarding and stuff. So basically not seeing people is as, as damaging psychologically and physically and physiologically as fucking waterboarding somebody. <laughs> That's intense. <clears throat> yeah. Don't quote me on that. I mean, um, but I'm, 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 I'm like confident that, that it is, it is a really one of the worst torture strategies. So, so yeah, if you were like, if you were Tom Hanks, uh, cast away on some island, then I don't know, mate. It's hard to speculate, but I guess you'd lose, you'd lose what you call a personal identity, because if you were just functioning on like a survival and sensory basis, and thoughts and stuff were coming into your mind, but there's no way to interface that with another being. And have that reflected back to you. So you just be you just be operating on the sensory and survival basis. Um, I don't know. In Castaway, he becomes friends with that football, doesn't he? So he basically creates another person in 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 his own mind. So maybe that's a way to keep like we have yeah. an inner, inner dialogue. So maybe that's a way to keep that egoic identity alive, but. I think it's necessary. Mm. I'll try yeah. and think of another another question for you, mate. Um... All right, I've got a question. If you had to paint something right now, what would you paint and why? Like, like right now, I go paint something. What would you like to paint? Try and be spontaneous with it. Uh, angels, mate angels dancing in in like a in a space in a natural space so it's like it's like uh you know there's like a river flowing with like rocks like sticking out like smoothed over from the from the water like coursing mm -hmm. through and like all the, these lovely healthy like untouched but not like overgrown grasses and wild flowers and trees everywhere and these angels and they're just like dancing they're dancing around and holding hands uh, and it's and and the the way the light glints off like dust like fairy dust in the air it's, it's like a it's a, a cross between something that looks like it's a cgi construct of what heaven might look like but at the same time it's just it's just something that you could find in like some nature reserve in Sweden that's just shot in a certain way that looks 
makes it look like that. So slightly real, but slightly surreal. That's what I'd paint, man. <clears throat> what a description. Very, very, very. <laughs> no, it's great. Like that's that's difficult to do. It's difficult to do. The angels would be be like people. They'd look like human beings, but like healthy, healthy looking people. Like maybe dressed in I don't know, dressed in like white, flowy clothes, like natural looking clothes, but all like peaceful looking and happy. Like no, mate. I think that's fucking really nice imagery. Really nice imagery. How old would the angels be? Would they be different ages or what would they be? Like early twenties. Perfect. But they're but they're like seven hundred years old, right? So like vampires. Vampire angels, mate. That's, that's it. That's quite young for an angel. Seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. that's young for an angel, man. Those young angels. She's a bit young for me. Those old nippers, little nippers, those young angels. I'm 700 years old. 700? She's a bit young for me. That would be interesting to like have a, a create a sketch about angels, like the different ages of angels and like how, because oh, that would actually be interesting, like angels. Because angels can do whatever they want, and I bet angel and angels can also become mischievous because they get like fallen angels, right? Yeah. So you could have this like dialogue between all these different angels, and like it could be like a moral, a moral joke thing, satirical jokes, satirical moral jokes. I don't know. Yeah, you could have little captions as well. Like above above one of them, it could be like, "Oh, isn't Trump a twat?" Yeah. And then and then you're like, and then the other one's like, "Don't swear," and then they get cast down to earth, and they're like fallen angel because they swore. And they were, <laughs> one of them, one of them could be BLM. Wait, all lives matter. Maybe we're all angels. Maybe all of us on this planet are fallen angels, and there's only like a few of them left mm. up there who are perfect. Dude, I'm reading a book now that's pretty much saying that, or it's it's the it's not saying exactly that because but it's saying we're like celestial men, <laughs> celestial men from the unuttered father. It's like part of uh, God trapped in a material universe. It's basically taking what book is it? Um, it's called Can You Stand the Truth. The Chronicle of Man's Imprisonment. Have you? It's like the Gnostic version of the Cosmos, the Gnostic story, the Gnostic Christians. Have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, it is. It's similar to that. So, I think the Gnostics, <clears throat> you know, before like 
before modern day Christians like wiped them all out. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to uh, scrolling through my brain archive to find the what I want to say about this, and I'm getting it from listening to when I listen to a guy Graham Hancock who I talked about in the last podcast. What he says about Gnostics is like they've got this different cosmology, and and the story is is um is basically that there's this the, the god of this material realm is actually like lucifer the light bearer or the demiurge is the false god or the fallen the fallen god the fallen one um and they that that archon that chief ruler has basically imprisoned uh imprisoned celestial men into this material realm and it and it's dualistic it's dualistic so it's like the uh the splitting so you know like in taoism um the concept of the yin and yang the light and the dark um and the concept of duality which is which is a splitting from a wholeness a place of wholeness into fragmentation where you get individuated conceptual forms uh Mm -hmm. separated things so like for example good versus evil now the idea of that is in non-duality there is neither of those things because there's only a wholeness and you can only get that in 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 duality which is the separation the splitting the fragmentation and in that in that in a sense like in taoism in a sense to have good requires there to be evil because without one the other one wouldn't be able to exist as as by definition it couldn't be it couldn't exist in the same way like life and death they 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 require each other to exist you couldn't have one without the other and when you start exploring that perspective um there's a there's um there's uh the logical conclusion of that is that there's a much more um intertwined relationship between those things that are seemingly separate because Mm. you couldn't have one without the other in a way they're both the same thing i know that's that sounds like weird and abstract but it's like um you need to die to live and you couldn't have one without the other so they both um no i get yeah. it i get the concept i get the concept yeah it's, yeah like uh like one is one is, the rea- one is the reaction of another sort of thing and exactly so so you couldn't have something that was considered good unless you could contrast that against something that was considered evil so in order to do something good it requires that evil something evil also exists if nothing evil exists then how do you know something's good yeah then then once one of the one of the forms from that duality dissolves so does the other one yeah. so they require each other so yeah anyway it's um the the gnostic christians perspective is really interesting 
and and the whole like history of like uh different cultures i find that fascinating you know but let's not go too much into that now man um no maybe we can talk about that next week uh i'll, I'll share some stuff with you late afterwards and, and we can talk about it a little bit <laughs>